0: Hey, what's up, everybody? So this is going to be the pick on the old man thing right here. So my boy and I decided that we were going to give each other albums to listen to from my era, his era, and see what we think about them. Um, It's not going to be anything earth shattering or mind blowing, but I'm very curious to see what he thinks about some of the albums from my time. And I'm even more curious to think about what I'm going to think some of the albums that he's given me from the modern generation. Uh used to be big into music, kind of fell off like I think a lot of people my age do. And so this is pretty exciting for me to listen to some new stuff. And I'm hoping that he gets some uh, some interesting responses to some music that's been around for, God, 50, 60 years that uh, I think a lot of the younger generation would really appreciate if they got to listen to it. So hopefully it's entertaining, might not be but we're going to have a good time doing it. So we're going to call this 12 for a penny. If you understand that reference, you're as old as I am. Well, actually, I,
1: I think, I think you ju- that actually segues perfectly. Because the thing you just said about the listening to the older stuff is because I can imagine someone listening to... We'll get, we'll get to the way first. Uh, this is the first time we're doing this, obviously. And I gave my dad JPEG Mafia's debut studio record, Veteran and he gave me Big Star's debut studio. Yeah, number one record. Uh, Number one record. And listening to it, I can imagine you giving this to someone that, you know, is familiar enough with like Journey and The Beatles and shit from that time. And they can listen to this and be like, this just sounds like that. But this is like fresh off the heels of Let It Be and The Beatles just got out. And so it sounds like that power pop stuff like the birds and shit but it it's before that and so that's that's like whenever you whenever i was listening to it you gotta like take the time into account because it changes the entire context of number one record because you can listen to it and be like whatever this just sounds power power pop like rock y stuff but it it predates it predates that stuff And that's like how you can tell what records were influential. And so it's easy, easy to see the influence on the one record.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to me um, because they're the most influential band on my favorite band. And I was more familiar with my favorite band than I was with this band. So I kind of backtracked to this. Um, And the reason that I gave it to you is and I'm sure we'll get into it. It's, it's, it's nothing earth shattering. Um, This isn't Pet Sounds or Sergeant Pepper or anything like that. It's just, to me, it's just a a perfect pop album. And it's extremely influential into um, a lot of artists that uh, I think probably your generation would consider classic rock. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. From that time um and it just kind of paved the way and it got there like you said this was a sound that um was not completely uncommon um at that point in time but it was just exceedingly well done and it was kind of the going back to the norm mcdonald thing they were kind of your your favorite band's favorite band Mm -hmm. that were not critically acclaimed um that's not true. They were critically acclaimed. Um, we're not commercially successful, put it mm-hmm. that way, um, but had a massive influence. And I would say kind of started another genre um, of popular music. Man, I say um a lot. But uh, uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Wanna, I'm curious what you think about the album.
1: Okay, yeah. So, because that that was kind of in like, I, I did a little summarizing thoughts and that, that was the biggest thing as I know with a lot of these, you have to take the context of the record into, into into account when you're listening to it, um, cause the first the first couple listens, it's power rock, power pop. Some of the some of the tracks aren't as um ballady and as powery, and some of them are like there's like low more low key cuts, and there's a few more cuts that are kind of like got more energy and kind of a headbanging kind of thing as head as headbanging as you can get to this record. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go through, look at the tracks track listing on here. It was like 35, 37 minutes, uh, 12 tracks. The last one's like a minute, which I actually really like that one. Um, And this came out in 71, 71. Yeah. 71. So actually a thing that was a little strange was the, the track, the, the track listing, like the orders in which they were, was a little off-putting, but it really replays into itself really well. Like that last track where it's just that little short, little, on the album it's an outro, but that sounds like the intro. So never, if you have it spinning or you have it on a CD or just on Spotify, it'll loop back around and it just loops kind of seamlessly. Cause the last one's sleepy and slow and just takes you right in the feel. And Feel, I like Feel a lot. As far as the songwriting and the structure goes, it was a little, like they repeat the chorus a few too many times, but that isn't like, that song, it doesn't feel like that was the main focus. It was like, cause there's that sax break that's killer. There's some really good guitar riffs. There's some really good guitar work. And it kind of just sets the scene for the record. Like there's a few, bits of like some harmonies you kind of get the vibe for what you're going into and then it goes straight into El Gudo which is a song it's like such a power bow that you can hear the fucking lighters in the crowd when you're listening to it and that that chorus is really nice and uh beefy and then El Gudo is really good that definitely uh what are my notes on this so the songwriting was good the harmonies are great which you can tell that they kind of took some inspiration from the from the Beachy Boys and the Beatles on that, but fucking, it's not like vocal harmonies or something that they had on lock. It's just a thing that happens in music.
0: Can I jump um, in there for a second? Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, that's actually a spiritual quote that ain't no one's going to stop me now. That's actually a spiritual quote. That's actually from him. Um, and I don't know if you picked up on it. Um, pretty anti-war song Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's more
1: with the song where it's like they're gonna stand you
0: up and put you in okay yeah, yeah yeah yes and i think it's beautifully done because it's not it's it's not in your face it's not pounding that message into you um for not for like a you know a fortunate son or for what it's worth and two of the greatest songs ever written in my opinion um but I just think it's, it's beautifully done. And that song's been covered a ton of times. Um, I would actually be kind of shocked if a lot of people your age haven't heard it. Um, for any of you that have listened to the single soundtrack or watched the movie, great movie by the way, Cameron Crowe is a genius. Um, the Lemonheads, who were a thing at one point in time, uh, they do a, a, a beautiful cover on that soundtrack, uh, but a, uh, a, be- a beautiful song and it shows what you know I, I i took a lot of crap for being a fan of power pop unabashedly a fan of power pop but it shows what can be done in less than 3 minutes with uh, intelligent lyrics and incredible production and that song's that song is deliciously produced
1: yeah yeah it and it, it's it's good that it's at the front end of it because it every like the whole record is really there's no like cuz it's that's kind of the thing to talk about the mats for a second is the mats have that like spirit of like raw punky kind of stuff but they're so well produced a lot of their songs are so well produced and this is exactly like that they aren't as raw and they're definitely not going for that kind of vibe but it's really really well produced and everything's layered really nicely
0: yeah and on the first track um you know that you on feel you know, the horns are in the sax in there. That's not an, that's not an accident. I mean, they're a Memphis band. Um, so they did have that Memphis sound to them as well as mm-hmm. kind of having that, that post-California sound. But um, but yeah, go ahead. it, uh, there's something I was gonna... Oh, you talked about,
1: cause I didn't even pick up on it being an anti-war song at all because it's so, because the songwriting isn't so specific, it can just be applied to anything which isn't like a weakness at all. That's the strength of a song like that. It's like Masters of War. It's not about a specific war. It's not about Vietnam. It's not about a certain conflict. It just lasts for time because it's so general, but in a, yeah. in a good way. It's not pandering. Um, and then El Gudo leads into my favorite song on the record. And I'm going to presume it's your favorite song on the record. Um, it's not my favorite song on the record,
0: um, but it's the one that you
1: guys know. Oh shit, sorry, no, sorry. I thought 13 was the third song. No, in the streets, the next song. Yeah. 13's my favorite, not in the street. I had this out of order. Um, no, in the streets, obviously fucking awesome. It's so good. And whenever I first heard it, I was like, no fucking way, no way. This is not seriously. This is their song. Uh, for people listening, in the street it was a song recorded by Big Star that then got co-opted by cheap trick uh the lead singer yeah robin zander yeah. and is the intro to that 70s show it's yes, that it song which you guys all know and so when i heard it i was like no fucking way and then i was doing as i was doing some meandering on the internet to make sure that chilton and bell got their fucking money on that and uh it i think they did i think they were all cool with it being used and mm-hmm. re recorded but yeah, no, it's 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 a jam it's a jam especially coming off of el Guto which is like more of a somber like power kind of hit this song is the real like you know you hop in uh what cars did you drive were you still driving Tauruses back then like
0: well actually that was a little bit before my time I was just basically a toddler at that point in time but yeah it's yeah it's um it's one of those songs that just crank it up and and it's a great sounding song and I think probably anybody that was a fan of that 70s show loved that song and you had no idea that Big Star wrote it. Um, oh, no. And it's just one of those, you know, great testaments to uh, you never travel very far without a little Big Star.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the Street in the street's fantastic. My, my exact notes are, I hope to God they got a lot of money. Uh, song's a banger. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's a classic. It's, it's a classic. And in the street, leads into 13, which, which, with some correction, is my favorite song on the record. Yeah, uh, I heard the Elliott Smith cover first, and I like the Elliot Smith cover just because he sounds like such a young he, like He sounds like a boy. Elliot Smith's voice is so boyish and childish. And I mean, Shulton delivers that too, because there's probably four, uh, there's a handful of cuts in here that are very clear love songs but this takes such a like young and innocent and naive approach mm-hmm. to that subject that you don't get too much. Like there there are some songs that I've heard that kind of take that tone, but this executes it fucking perfectly and everything is just like, it's just, everything about us is just wrapped up in this nice little bow and every word just like makes sense. And it's so, bear the production and the instrument it's just mm. there and it's i can imagine there's d- thousands of fellas that just played that song on their on their acoustic guitar it's it was wonderwall before wonderwall you know you wanted to <laughs> you wanted to impress a girl you learned wonderwall but you learned this song instead and, yeah it's, uh, no it's it's
0: beautiful yeah for me it's just it's i think innocence probably the best word about it um it's not it's not creepy the song's called Thirteen. Um, and it's about basically your your first love, um, and and it's it's poignant, it's heartbreaking, um, and it is it, it, relating to a to an album that we will eventually get to um, in an, in another review. Um, it's the basis for Skyway by the Matts. Uh, if you, you can't hear one song without hearing the other one, uh, but it's that's something that's not easy to do. Uh, to write a love song about you know for young kids without it sounding creepy or coming off that way yeah,
1: yeah absolutely and,
0: and it's just it it's poignant it's beautiful um you know it's not it's not something that you know you're gonna throw on a party and listen to but when you've had your heart broken for the first time and you're in your on your bike or in your car, it's sunk that i, I honestly I think everybody can relate to. it's uh, it's on the bike thing is perfect perfect.
1: on the bike thing is perfect you you can you can see a kid that this is his monologue riding on a bike and uh yeah yeah. and also
0: real quick um rolling stone had that in their top 500 songs of all time ah it was like number 406 i think um so just to show that they were you know they were influential but you know and, and for anyone, as we go through these things, you know, if you listen to this album, this isn't, I mean, this is not an album that I would say that's like full of bangers at all. <laughs> um, it's, it's a mood thing. And it's just one of those things, just sit back, listen to it and enjoy. And uh, that's going to be a lot of the albums that I give Seth to listen to. Um, it's just listen to the lyrics, you know, listen, listen to the mood, listen to what they're trying to say. Um, I'm a big singer songwriter guy. Lyrics are the most important thing to me in the world. Uh, when it comes to music, um, except for chick pop, chick pop rules, and I will die on that hill. Uh, but this is, this is a perfect example of that.
1: It's yeah. Cause th- the record isn't full of like weird fucking subtext and you don't have to like, no one's going to dissect the themes of, of this record. It's just the record stands on its own. It's yeah, it just, does. it's just there. It's just a well made album. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be anything bigger than that. It's just a really
0: good record. Yeah. Number one record. Number number one record. That never came close to number one.
1: I did I did see on the Wikipedia page that they the record label didn't fucking distribute them into record stores. So they no, didn't they, make any sales.
0: No, they couldn't they couldn't produce it. Um it got monster critical reviews. And uh I was kind of going back through some of them and uh like everybody gave it. A, a monster review when it came out but yeah I, and i want to say it was capital i could be wrong on that um they couldn't produce they couldn't produce it they they physically could not make the album to get the sales and so they put it out later um on cd as a double set um and it you know it sold because people could finally get a copy of both of the albums and uh but yeah no it's just it's just kind of sad and again just kind of rolls right into that replacements thing and you'll hear me talk about the replacements a lot, uh, but it just rolls right into that that they, you know, they didn't they didn't sabotage themselves, but uh, the label sure as hell did.
1: I can't. That's fucking. You're telling me Capital can put out pet sounds and they can't fucking put out this. That is some
0: bullshit. Yeah. And I, and I I think it's Capital. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's Capital. But uh, yeah, they just they couldn't put it out, and the radio was playing at that point in time because radio back then. Uh, it was a lot different. Uh, they could really AOR was awesome. You could hear you know anything in the world after each other. but uh, yeah, that was one of the big problems with it. and that was one of the one of the problems that kind of Bell got fed up with. and it's really kind of like one of the main reasons that Chilton got fed up with the industry too. Uh, he he kind of toiled around in it for you know, for quite a while, but uh, he was just disenfranchised with it, I think. From also,
1: also for the listener, Alex Chilton and what's Chris Bell's Bell. first name? Chris, Chris Bell. Bell. They are they're the uh, songwriting duo on a lot of the tracks. They're credited
0: yes. as a McCartney Lennon kind of thing. And uh, and they were and they were designed to be McCartney Lennon. That was that was the big thing for them. Is is that's how they were they were set up for that success. Um, and you know, I feel like they nailed it. But um, you know, Bell left immediately. And I, I don't know why I'm sure you can find out on the internet, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a short-term short-term project for those two guys and, or, uh, not, not a project. Um, it was a short term that they worked together and they produced this.
1: Well, on that going into the right off the heels of the best track on the record is the one that I can really take or leave is don't lie mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like, you know, it's, I can imagine it like it being at like as a single cut being trying to be like an Anthem at that mm-hmm. point. It's a very anthemic song, but it doesn't do it for me that much. And that's, that that's, that, that's my note. I said, I can take it or leave it. Um, good guitar solo. though. that guitar solo in the mm-hmm. middle really does break. Cause if there wasn't there, I would really, it wouldn't be a take it or leave it. It'd be, I don't like that song, but the guitar solo really does break it up. And uh
0: Make it something worth remembering. Yeah, it's the first rock song on the album for sure. Yeah. Um, another band that um, was extremely influential at the time, T Rex. Um, a lot of people aren't super familiar with them now in this day and age. They're extremely influential. Anyone that's ever been a fan of glam, a fan of glam rock, of just a, of a particular sound. Um, They were so, so influential, but they just never charted in the States. Huge, huge overseas, And this is a very, very T-Rex sound, which again is interesting because it kind of shows how you can wear your influence on a sleeve and it it just targets where it goes forward from there. That's The great thing about music is you can say, you know, so-and-so's a ripoff or so-and-so's derivative, but if they drive another band into another direction, or something like that, it can really, really change the course. And T-Rex is amazingly influential in that way. And this is definitely an homage to T-Rex. I'm being polite calling it an homage, but it's definitely a T-Rex out. Well,
1: well, funny enough, uh, any uh, viewers out there that have listened or watched uh, Baby Driver, they have T-Rex mm-hmm. credited on the soundtrack with a song mm-hmm. in that movie. So mm-hmm. check them out. Electric Warrior? is Yeah, that- Electric Warrior, classic. Yeah, that record's fucking
0: awesome. Get that record. That, rock, that record's fucking awesome. And you'll recognize I mean, the cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's it's, it's a
1: real unknown pleasures kind of situation here. You know the cover, but not the record, right? But in what you said about um, like the influence on the sleeve thing is like certainly true because I mean, is this it? And the Strokes is very like just it's it's just they went to the Beatles school of making music, but because of the Strokes, you have the Arctic Monkeys. You have like the revival of indie rock and just people like you can name 10 bands now that went to the stroke school of music and they yeah. just went to the whoever else they was it's just catchy guitar riffs and mm-hmm. good lyrics mm-hmm. so yeah the next song is a real uh it's a real i like i like this song a lot it's <laughs> uh it's definitely definitely a sore thumb it's you can tell it's a drummer song just by listening to it drummers have never been the best writing songs, but it's really cute in that. I don't What's that sound that like the, the, the sound that is in like, you know, the lead, what is that instrument?
0: Um, it's obviously Beatles influenced. There's no, there's yeah. no question about yeah. that. And it's extremely tongue, tongue in cheek. Um, but yeah, they just kind of threw it out there. It, it is definitely not like any other thing on the album. <laughs> um and it's kind of like hey they sold a million copies of an album by doing open tuning on this stuff so let's see if it'll work and uh yeah it's so, yeah, it's, it's so it's, fun it's, it's different not my like a song man. on the album
1: no i can imagine uh god they should let they, they make a band of just drummers and let them write songs because they're always the fucking most bizarre things <laughs> Uh okay yeah the next song is uh, When My Baby Is Beside Me uh this is this really shows off Chilton's knack for love songs mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not what's the word because you hear like it's not boring and it's not derivative because it came out before all that shit So it's like, I mean, you you could study this song and then look at like a KISS song or someone else after that and you could like trace it back and stuff.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting because like to me, this is a punk song that's done as a pop song. Okay. So so it's really interesting that you brought KISS up into that uh, because it's, if you speed this up, you played it at one and a half, it does have open tuning on it um you crank guitars you distort it you make it nasty it could be a good punk it could be a good ramon song but they didn't do that they slowed it down but to me that that is a punk rock song done as a pop song and uh to me it does work but uh that's an interesting catch on that that's 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 interesting that's why we're doing this that's that's that's, i would have never had that thought in a million years that's really really interesting
1: well it's it's a, a couple of the songs on there i because kiss is like the most is like the like power pop band in my mind like they're like anthem and power pop just all like they just make song for stadiums and this song isn't quite that because it's it's still like more introspective and not as uh i don't
0: know the correct word it's a deeper song
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, there, there's more going on under the hood. It's not, yeah, but yeah, uh, I like that song. Uh, the next one's My Life Is Right, track eight. Mm. I have no notes on this song. I have no notes on it.
0: I, I just wrote really
1: solid. <laughs> that
0: kind of surprises me um, a little bit. The vocals on this are fantastic. Um, absolutely fantastic. This is to me probably, if you're a fan of Wilco, And I know you are. Um, Hmm. If you're a fan of Wilco, this was their bedrock. This is where they got that sound. This is where they got their timing. They got the delayed vocal off this um, and other influences, obviously. But I guarantee you Tweety listened to Big Star.
1: Oh, Tweety, Tweety covered 13. Wilco covered 13. Yeah. And it's fucking sweet. I didn't, I know. I didn't even think about that, but it, no, I definitely see that. Like, I mean, the name of the song My Life Is Right sounds like something that Tweety would write. That's <laughs> so all he ever write about is how much he hates his life and then how much he, you know, wouldn't want it any other way. Okay, no, I see that, yeah. Uh, give me another chance. This This is a weird one. This is a weird one and not in a bad way because the first verse it's so the rhyme is so like I made you feel bad and sad and it's very A B A B, but it starts off that way, but then it takes the different route instead of like the I'm like like Buck Cherry's sorry, instead of turning like into a, I'm sorry, I'm an asshole thing. He like accepts it and it's just like I like I'm genuinely sorry that I did this. It, it's not like a take me back song. It's like a hey that's on me and that's that's a that's a good like that's a intelligent way to write a song it's yeah. it's very intelligent
0: i thought the it, and this isn't a new thought it's been out there often. the sequence is terrible to follow up you know that song with this song it's it's, it's bad yeah um you know to me it's uh it's a song about domestic abuse um and it is a it is a song of admission of guilt on it um but it's also just freaking heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it's it's a heartbreaking song um it's just putting a bad spot on this record um Not not really the way that you want to kind of like go down the closing tracks, but um, but no, I agree with you hundred percent. It's it's one of those things. It's like, hey, I really 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 screwed up, mm-hmm. and uh, that's yeah, that, that, that's my take on it. But just again, just in a really bad spot on the record.
1: That's that's why I feel about a few songs on the record. Is it, it's sequenced it's sequenced weird. There's a few times where I'm like, why is this mm-hmm. this spot here? This shouldn't be in this spot.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and I that's and something that's that's something that's been kind of that this album's been hammered over in the past. Sequencing's really terrible.
1: I can see that. Um, the other note I had on it is it the pay like it really does build to that payoff at the end. It like mm-hmm. it starts off a little weak with the songwriting, but then it builds into this really nice payoff at the end. And I and it really does it does make the track. Otherwise, it would be another kind of take it or leave it kind of situation, but no, it, it's, it, it's definitely has its spot on there. And then maybe the next track try again. Track 10 is another one of my favorites on the track. Cause mm. I really like I really like Bell's vocals mm. and it's a nice, there isn't a lot of the faith talk. There isn't a lot of that on the record. There's some, but not a lot. And this really makes the, album feel more full it makes it feel bigger and uh it's fucking it's wonderful it's a wonderful track bell's songwriting well they Ch- Ch- chilton and bell's songwriting is great his vocals are great and it's just the it really the record really does need this song on there it really does it it's a good it's this is in a good spot this at the end is a real like mm. emotional introspective thing that's just at the end and just beefs it up and it's I, I really i really really like
0: the track yeah i think this is and actually listening to the album again um i wrote this could be done in in many forms it could be a hit today mm-hmm. um if you had the the right artist you could do it it could be a country artist it could be a pop artist um this is he could great, go on, all
1: things must pass he could go on a fucking George Harrison record it's a
0: great song and this is one that if someone wanted to dig out and do a cover on it um, it it, it could be a huge hit this is this is a hit song mm-hmm. and this is one of those perfect examples of songs sky's right and it goes it's going to be massive and it just doesn't chart if Adele does this song it's God only knows how many Spotify hits it has um, <laughs> yeah and at, at the same time, you could have again Carrie Underwood could do this song. Mm-hmm. Brad Paisley could do this song. It's a incredibly well-written song. And I agree with you on, on Bell's vocals. They're, they're fantastic on it. It's 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 a beautiful, beautiful song that deserves to be heard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing you said about about it being a single is that's one of the surprising things about this record is there's on a twelve-track album, there's eight fucking singles on here. Mm-hmm. There's eight singles. I mean, these all chart. These are fucking. They're all
0: so solid. It's it's ridiculous. And that's that's why I want people to listen to this record.
1: And then the here's a here's a good vocab board you guys can use later. The pen, penultimate song on the record. Nice. Uh, with watch the sunrise this again this song is supposed to be here and that first like 20 seconds with that riff like fucking tease and then it goes into the song the riff is fucking awesome the whole message about it it's just like a nice feel good fucking thing it's 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 wonderful so the greats riff it's upbeat there's lots of energy lots of heart i like when chilton does this vocal style i like yeah i really really like it like he has the 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 pipes to do the power pop stuff and really project and like really get into the speakers and into the headphones but whenever he's more laid back and just doing a more singer songwriter thing that's primo he
0: kills it on this one and this is again this is a hit song (laughs) this this is a hit record um and the vocals are fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, I don't, I don't know if we've actually talked about this. You know, he he charted when he was 16 with the box tops with the, the song, The Letter. You know, my baby mm-hmm. just wrote me a letter. You know, so he charted at a very young age and um, with a, a, a big hit song. But yeah, vocally, this is fantastic. It's a great song. Um, and again, this is one that, you know, a lot of kids in that generation, that they weren't listening to this album at parties, but they'd be in the room, introspective, listening to this. And this is where a lot of that alt, um, we'll call it alt country or even alt pop power that blew up in the 90s, uh, early in the early 90s. I mean, R.E.M.'s obviously huge.
1: Yeah. You know, they're a yeah. huge influence Definitely. on
0: R.E.M. Um, and that's where that where a lot of these guys came from. Because they spoke to a lot of kids and a lot of that angst. Um,
1: While not not taking it in like a weird... Or staring at your shoes.
0: Yeah, you weren't weren't staring at your shoes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you weren't staring at your shoes and doing dope and you weren't fucking throwing bottles at cops. It was like the nice middle ground. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I got my heart broken and I got to try to figure out how to deal with it. Um, That was kind of the you know, kind of a lot of the songs, but this is a great song. And uh, that's, I think that probably, you know, as we, as we wind this one down, I think that's probably the, the main influence of this album is like you said, there's eight, probably eight singles off mm-hmm. this album that didn't really do a lot commercially, but influenced a ton of singer songwriters at that point in time. Cause this is what they were listening to when they got home and they were, got broken up with at lunch or got broken up with at recess you know that's what this is the album that they cried their eyes out to
1: yeah and that's and that that's the thing is like very rarely do you see any form of media a book or a movie or an album take that subject matter seriously because it's so easy as an adult or as like a 20 something or even in, in that age to watch that and be like Just dismiss it it's like oh this is just like teeny bumper drama melodrama bullshit but that is it it takes that subject matter seriously and whenever other media takes that kind of thing seriously it's always wonderful like actually funny funny enough after i listened to this we watched the uh, reese witherspoon movie man in the moon which is actually like a really good double feature and it's you know, about thirteen year old falls in love and then she gets her heart broken. But like it takes that seriously, and so does this record. It takes that idea seriously, and it pays off in in spades. Yeah, agreed. And then we get to the final track, ST one hundred six. What
0: what is that? What what is that? <laughs> I'm sure it's out there, and I'm sure I'm showing my ignorance by not knowing what it is. But I don't know what it is. I figured it was some like music tech bullshit, like they
1: recorded it on this thing or the other thing.
0: If we have comments, I'm sure somebody will call us an we're
1: not doing what it is. They they can never call us. We'll (laughs) fucking ban those people. (laughs) But it's, it's like 55 seconds and it could get skipped over, but I have quite the affinity for weird little neat tracks like this. And it's a great closer, but it's also it should be the opener for the album. And so it works really good because on my Spotify, it just reruns into each other. It just reruns into the start of the record. And this into feel works so well. And the out of Wash the Sunrise into this works really well too. And it's more, it's like kind of weirdly like ghostly. And like, it's got a weird, like once you get in, like once the track starts, it has this weird like haunting kind of thing and then it turns into this really nice like finale this really nice just like ending to the record and it 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 works right there and I I don't skip this record I, d- I don't skip this track at all this song this song I like
0: and this is one that I would also say that um is very Wilco-esque
1: yeah um, especially this one
0: yeah especially if you're like Yankee Foxtrot. It's very, very similar to that, uh, where you've got just this brief interlude, but it, there's enough to to keep your ear on it. You mm-hmm. know, what am I listening to? What's going on here? What are they What are they doing? Um, and so, yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great close to the album.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then let me find my final, my final, like in conclusion. Um. Uh, okay, yeah. So for a song this short it is or a record this short it's kind of ridiculous how much variety there is like eat, there's a lot of songs that you wouldn't think would be on this like but it, they work hold up i just completely scattered that point there's a lot of variety there's a lot of different sounding songs without the record not sounding cohesive it all it all works together mm-hmm. it all sound every song sounds like it, it should be on there minus india song but i i think it it's <laughs> on there because it sticks out so much but um yeah i mean i can see people finding it like redundant just because they've already heard everything that sounds like it like seinfeld's mm-hmm. not funny because you watch shows that were done by like seinfeld mm-hmm. but the highlights on it are really really high and it's and that is incredible for a track so short or for an album so short like you don't have a lot of time you can't have a miss on a short record or else it it, it's a sore thumb it's a really sore thumb and there aren't any of those it's really replayable it's a really you can listen to a lot and really get stuff out of it it doesn't really lose its impact and it's uh yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody to anybody it's It's a record for anybody
0: yeah i think I think this is a really good example of this is the record they wanted to write and this is the record they wanted to do and put it out there and see how it did. and unfortunately, you know commercially it didn't do really well because they couldn't make the goddamn album available for sale. but it was one of those that had a lasting impact on a very short run for this band um but uh yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm glad you like it i'm glad you dug it um and i would recommend everyone that's you know that that watches this the four of you that do um listen to the album it's a really good album and again most of your favorite bands this was one of their favorite bands and if it wasn't that band it was the band that came after that band it, it tracks it tracks back it tracks back and
1: yeah no it's a it's a, it's a wonderful record for for anybody and that's not easy to do i mean bands have been trying to do that forever and when you whenever you try to appeal to everybody sometimes you appeal to fucking nobody but they did it really really well yeah it's 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 kind of it's it, it's like rumors it's not it's not rumors but it's a similar thing who's like
0: doesn't like There's rumors? something
1: there's something on there that you, if you don't like the record, there's a song on
0: there you will dig and you'll really dig it. So this is where you get to make fun of the old guy. So the album that I was given was Veteran by JPEG Mafia. Um, it was an interesting listen. Um, it's got, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about it. Um, and I'll start off by saying this. It kind of felt like it was a joke that I wasn't in on as an overview. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I liked about the album. There's a lot of stuff I didn't like about the album. Quite frankly, there's a lot of stuff I didn't get about the album, Uh, but I do see why it's a popular record. Uh, And I was glad that I was introduced to it. So first track, 1535 North Calvert Uh, samples are great. They're random as hell. It was enough for even an old-ass man like me to be like oh I got that one or oh I get this one the Kellyanne Conway thing was hilarious um but I do need some help on one that apparently when I read some of the reviews that's what everybody talked about so what's the Mike Cloud thing about
1: oh the 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 Mike C-Town yeah the Mike
0: C-Town they said it was okay yeah like so explain that to me
1: Okay, so Mike Seatown is a guy who's on a YouTube channel that do what we do. It's uh, four guys. They talk about hip-hop. They're actually, they're, they're very, all their discussions are like an hour and a half long. They take, they're, they're very good at a job called Dead End Hip-Hop. If you guys don't know what Dead End Hip-Hop, give them, give them a watch. They do really good content. Mike Seatown is a guy on there. He's the more left field guy. He listens to more weird stuff. Like, he, I'm pretty sure he had the broach them listening to this record but uh mike town has got some long hair so I, I need a bitch with long hair like mike Town. and when mm-hmm. it first happened mike was like is this a, like is he come is this a jab is this a beef and and peggy was like no no no. it's just like a shout out like shout out mike Town. so that's that's who mike Town is he's like internet music talk adjacent like the way anthony fantano is
0: okay because as i you know I, I listened to it multiple times And then I kind of, you know, took notes on it and then read reviews. And that was something that everybody called out. They thought that was like, great. So I was like, okay, I don't know what that's all about, but okay. Thanks for the clarification on that. Um, Again, random, entertaining. Uh, I can definitely see what people like sound. Um, And again, enough of a, enough of a hook that I'm like, okay, I got that one. I didn't get that one. I got that one. So. um, It's definitely the most accessible song in the record. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, put a pin in that. Okay. Uh, okay, number two, real. Zodie B. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, could you, how could you not? How could you not? Um, it's let me it's go ridiculous.
1: It, I find it ridiculous that he can rap on a thing. You shouldn't be able to rap on that. You can't, right? but he does. It's insanity.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, going down to fantasy, it's It's iconic um the mankind thing was funny uh that was a good call out um I did like the drums the trap drums I thought were really they were tight uh they sounded good um really really good sound on the snare on that too um there was a couple of samples on there that I were like "Eh." um but so again I'll ask you this also um this was probably in almost every review that i read after i listened to that they were all saying death grips death grips death grips death grips so if you could inform me a little bit about i i, I know i know you, you like the band and all that but yeah. so what's the what's the the pairing there it's it's a bit unfair because death grips
1: released the the money store their debut studio in 2010 and they were kind of the first people to show that you can do really, really weird, aggressive, hard. If if you listen to any rap song, if you see a rap song that has a guy yelling on it and there's hard drums and weird samples and it's abrasive, it's gonna get compared to death grips, whether okay. or not it sounds like death grips at all. This okay. I can I understand people would say that. But JPEG has been getting thrown death grip comparisons since he started rapping. And it's not really that, it's not really that fair at all. They're, they're both doing completely different things, but I would see there's probably a lot of overlap between JPEG mafia fans and death grips fans, but that's that. I understand that criticism that people have about it, but it's in my mind, it's not any, it's not, it's not a nuanced take. It's a very bad
0: take. Okay. Um, Doug tears contra. Yep. Yeah, thought in my ear for a hundred percent on that, for sure. Um, Baby, I'm bleeding. Um, this is the one. You know, again, era of the hip hop that I grew up with. It was all lyrical. That was the big mm-hmm. thing, and I wouldn't say this album's incredibly strong lyrically did a lot of funny one-offs um verse three is fantastic um it's it's that's it's that's that, that's the
1: girl pusher one yeah yeah no that's that's
0: sick that's really that's sick. solid that's solid um so i like tinder was funny on that too but that, that's that's a great that's a great verse so that's one mm-hmm. that i could be like okay i i i respect that um and i and i will say that um kind of the course of the whole album I felt like he kind of got buried a little bit by the production which is great the production is mm-hmm. fantastic but there's so much going on and I grew up in an era where it was pretty bare mm-hmm. you know you had the and you had the the mc on the mic and mm-hmm. so you got to hear what he had to say and in this I felt like I, I feel like he gets buried behind the production a little bit um could just be me me being old
1: um, no, i mean i
0: i can see that i can see that
1: because there's a very clear there's a very i mean even in there it's still it's a still a new phenomenon i mean like eminem was his production wasn't very he was 2000s and so i mean that's that's the reason i gave you this is because like it's so everything about it is so maximalist and it's a lot to listen to and a lot to take in it's very schizophrenic and I mean, this record isn't like that commercially like it's not charting anywhere, but it has a very cult fan base. And it's just people that don't like it. I understand why, because there is a lot going on all the fucking time. So I, I, I completely get that.
0: But I can definitely see why you throw it on a party and people love it.
1: I get Yeah, that no, it's too. a fucking banger. This, this, is at, this, this is what they call a, a
0: hoe scaring music. This is how
1: you scare, <laughs> this is how you scare girls away, this record.
0: <laughs> um say so nougat i didn't really i, I didn't understand it. it again that was just a joke that i i, I felt like i wasn't in on um uh, i think i think
1: neogaf is a, I think it's either a music publication or a gaming publication so just the, w- w- with the refrain being i don't care is i that th- this song
0: is is a joke about fuck neogaf um okay yeah so i didn't understand it. so that makes that makes <laughs> perfect sense um Rock and roll is dead. Um, The percussion is really cool on it. Uh, Being a drummer, the percussion was really cool on it. Um, I do not need ASMR sounds in my ears. I don't (laughs) at all. Um, If if that's your thing, awesome. Um, I don't need that. So there doesn't really need to be said a lot about that. Did he form? um, That was a weird beat. That was an, that was an odd beat um, I guess part of it going back to being a drummer when stuff's offbeat and stuff like that it, it kind of bothers me um, but it was interesting um, Sasha bags line was pretty funny on that too um, it was a cool it was a cool beat at the end the break beat at the end was really really cool um, so germs again weird um, I just didn't really really get it but uh, it was cool. Lifted our anthem was was interesting. I kind of I, I didn't like it the first few times I listened to it, um, but then after I listened to it again, I did. I did kind of like that. That was a chop feel that I actually liked to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I that mean, was, everything thought, about it was cool.
1: Weird like punchy like kick, and then a weird like crunchy bass, and then a weird like squelchy like weird yeah. weird weird. But it, it does work. It, it, the rhythm stays there and then they both flow pretty
0: well on it yeah and that was one where i felt like that again after the second listen that i'm like all right this it's not that distracting it's distracting but there is there's there's cohesiveness underneath it and it Mm. sounds cool and yeah and and actually they they flowed really well on it and i said this to you earlier um i really think the album gets better from here on out I think See, that's I, I I honestly think that the, the the last half of the album is better than the first half of the album. And I can understand why people throw the first half of the album on at parties and, and they're bangers and stuff, but I just I honestly think it's a the, the B side is better than the A side. Um I could be completely wrong, but Oh no, no, I no I understand that
1: completely. I, I just find the first five tracks just stacked as hell. And and you keep you keep you keep saying party music. If they if they threw parties like this, I'd fucking be there. But people don't take too kindly to this kind of shit. But I I, I haven't listened to the whole thing front to back in a while because it's just like in playlists and stuff, and there's a few tracks to come back to. But the second half definitely, I, I understand. The, the second half is more... The first five tracks, there's a lot of singles. But as it continues on,
0: it really does feel more like a record. Yeah, it seems more cohesive. To mm-hmm. me, it, it it does. Um so Panic Emoji, that was a really cool string break out of nowhere on that. Um, that was really, really cool. Um, Whole Foods, kind of there. Um, again, interesting. I'll um, see. And then going to call, uh, you still has my custody, man. I should be charging a shipping fee. That's a great line.
1: <laughs> uh, that's, a,
0: that's an old school rap line. That's that's an old school rap line. That would be something I could hear. Kara as one saying, on that that was killer, uh, killer. Um, Williamsburg, Young Rick Murderer, I, I uh, just shout Walkers, the Hawkeye and the Mash line on that too. Um, that was killer. Um, then the the song I didn't know that I needed to know in my life, and I'm so glad you introduced me to this. Whoa. Um, I cannot wait until Morrissey fucking dies. Uh, my God, what a statement! And how true he, that is, and how correct he is. Um, I, I have no tattoos, but I would fucking get that tattoo on my arm. Um, what a great, 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 just thought that one day we will live in this world where Morrissey fucking dies. With no uh, Morrissey yeah no morrissey well said son i knew um, i knew if
1: nobody if nobody would appreciate that all, <laughs> you would
0: fucking oh God, love, I love that
1: it. I and it just it. opens up fucking morrissey which it's it just gets to the fucking point man
0: and so do you think he really knows who morrissey is
1: he's he fucking dude peggy peggy is an avid music fan his one of he said his one of his favorite bands is uh uh throbbing gristle so he's like deep yeah, in, wow he's that he's deep. deep he's deep into the fucking book so i have no doubt that he knows about morrissey and fucking
0: despises morrissey 100%. and for good and for good reason
1: yeah um
0: absolutely. and then the rest of the album rainbow six 1488 um again this is this is something that you know i probably i wouldn't listen to it probably again um but I understand the the reason that people do like it. I understand that you know the the popularity of it. Um, it's definitely a sound you definitely have to buy into it. Uh, I would I would say that this is probably um, for people that are into oh like a like a death metal type um, of sound that you know you're into a genre and you're like yeah this is it and this is probably the best of the best of that. Um, again, I I don't know anything about this genre of music, um, but it's really, really well done. I don't mean to knock that at all. Um, it's incredibly well produced. There's a ton of shit going on in this entire thing, um, and, he, and they do it really, really, really well. Um, I don't know how many different producers he has in the album. I don't know if he does it all himself, um, but he does... He does this sound exceptionally well. Um, So again, you know, not my style of of rap or my style of hip hop, um, but what he does is he does well. Uh, You know, in in putting it into, if any older people are watching this video, um, you either like the Ramones or you don't. You either respect them or you don't. You know, it's, it's that easy, you know, three minutes, three chords, no waiting. Um, this is a lot more than that, but the songs are pretty short. Um, there's not, I wouldn't say that he's a great MC at all. Um, but he has moments where he really shines on this album where he does. Um, you just going to have to buy into the whole, the whole thing of what it is. And, uh, it's well done. I I actually, I am, I'm glad I listened to the album, um, five times. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did take some stuff from it. I I will say, I, I, and again, I'll ask this question too, because when I was doing some, some research after I listened to it, um, man, I saw ratings that were fifties to high nineties.
1: Yeah. It was,
0: Is he a divisive artist amongst the community, or can you educate me on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, he's like – it's – I don't remember what Pitchfork gave this record, but I remember that was – because, sadly, many people in my age range read Pitchfork and they take it seriously. And I don't remember if they panned it or they didn't, but it was a pretty – I mean, an album like this is going to be pretty divisive because people will call it hip-hop. But the average hip-hop fan probably isn't going to fuck with this. If you're listening Mm. to the Migos or whoever, you're Mm. probably not going to dig this, like, at all. So, I mean, Peggy is a pretty divisive artist, partly because of the things he says on the record and probably just because of the sound of it all. Because, I mean, he purposefully is like, fuck bloggers, fuck music publications, fuck all you old white people and that's and that's what he does like he talks he uh he aligns himself with it's not even that edgy anymore but that's that is a criticism that gets is at it's, it's, you're being edgy to get attention but it's like no this is just what this is just what he does so yeah, in the music publication realm this is he, he got it's it's pretty divisive it's it's either you're either gonna hate it or you're gonna love it and it's completely understandable why
0: yeah, so, I think that I watched, um, I don't know if I watched Fantana first. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I watched him for sure. But I think he started off like, he was almost apologetic about it. Um, that he was like, it seemed like he either got some pushback, some blowback on it. Um, but, you know, it was just i saw people saying this was a 98 you know it was genius greatest album ever um and then i saw people that are like i just really didn't dig it you know it's like a 54 but that's what music's about that that's that's the beauty of it, you, yeah, either like it or you, you, you like it or you don't you know there's some people that say the sex pistols have a top 10 album of all time and other people are like they're pre-packaged trash you know they were garbage so um and, and i'm not trying to throw him in that category but i can understand where the you know where the divide divide is on it but, um no i was i was glad to hear it. i was glad to have my eyes open to it it was interesting i enjoyed parts of it um it was just one of those things that i think that you kind of need to be in that scene or in that vibe and if you're in that scene or you're in that vibe yeah i can see why you fucking loved it man 100% it's,
1: yeah because i mean part like the reason because i mean about the whole like picking on the old guy thing is i could have given you like some weird fucking drum and bass internet core weird like really weird shit that you just would have like actually hated because if you don't like it you don't like it but it's records like this that were tastemakers whenever i was getting into hip-hop because i was either into like normal more normal stuff but then you slowly get down you slowly get down and down into the people that you ever heard about and it was honestly funny enough this record kind of made me care about mainstream hip-hop more because i was like i thought i was a cool kid that listened to the weird industrial stuff and then this brings that sound but without scaring people away because there are some tracks that you can play at parties and it's, it's another part that I gave this record is because like, this is what hip hop sounds like now. This is what hip hop can sound like now. And it's very of the internet. It's very, very internet music. It's very much that. And it's, it's just shows that this is what hip hop can do as a genre now. And it's fucking bizarre that it works. And it's bizarre that people like it as much as they do. But this is this is definitely a a taste making record where if you don't like it, fucking I get it, I understand. There's a lot of weird shit, but there's there's lots of good highlights and a lot of things to appreciate because I mean he did he did produce the record uh, by himself, and I think his strong suit wow. is definitely producing. He's he's on three studio LPs, two EPs. And uh, yeah, no, he's fucking gangbusters and he's and he's well read or well studied music and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, no, because I I didn't I didn't give you the record to try and fucking terrify you, obviously, because I knew there'd be a lot of things (laughs) that you appreciate it because it isn't so out there that it's like there's no way to get a footing and understand it. But it's it's enough to kind of push the envelope, but also
0: not reinvent the fucking wheel or anything well uh, and honestly i wouldn't put this for again anyone th- that's watching this this isn't that different from beck i mean it's a lot different from beck but it's a completely different sound and you know you might not love odaway except for the you know the hits off of it These. but it's it's a pretty avant-garde album and so don't be scared to listen to this stuff. You know, it's, it's not something that you're going to hit on every single track or you might like 30 seconds of a two and a half minute uh, song, but there's some good stuff there. And I think that's probably for, you know, like for my age bracket, that's probably the, the one thing that we miss the most is we miss listening to new music because we just don't, we don't have time for it. And, you know, you're going to put this track on, and you're like, what the fuck did I just listen to? And on another track, you'd be like, hey, that was really cool. Or I got that reference. Or that sounds like something that I would have listened to 40 years ago. Um, but that's that's the exciting thing about, you know, what we're doing. And, and hopefully the direction that we're going is that we're going to hear some stuff. Be like, yeah, you know, I, I really kind of like that. What's interesting to me about this is the stuff that I'm going to give you to listen to, that's existed your whole life.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, you've
0: heard you've heard every influence that's come away from these albums. And fair warning on some of the stuff, they'll on some of the old artists, they'll be greatest hits. They'll be compilations because I, I would rather you hear the artist all encompassed as opposed to just you know this one particular album. Mm-hmm. Some will be just particular albums, mm-hmm. but for me, um, when you give me stuff like that, it's a new sound. You know, I guarantee you that if I would have given my parents, um, never mind, they would have been like, what's this shit? And yeah, yeah, terrible. yeah. And I'm not a gigantic fan of that album, but um, it's just a different sound and it, and it gives us a way to kind of stay um, connected to what's going on when if you're not listening to it play on the radio at work. You're never going to hear it otherwise. So um, you know, all of them aren't going to be hits. All of them aren't going to be that we like it a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that we're probably in the same boat on these two albums. That the sum is greater than the parts.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah.
0: So um, you know, we and I can see how this album will be massively influential to producers mm-hmm. coming out of this a hundred percent. But. Again, thank you for for putting that out there, and I look forward to our next lesson. Um, we'll see what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the goal the goal of this thing is not to. It's I mean, it is show and tell in a sense, but we're trying to. I'm trying to get my history lesson, and you're trying to get current events. We're trying to fucking bridge the gap because that's that's what happens well said. that's what that's what happens is because i think it's like after age 26 people stop seeking out new music actively because mm-hmm. you've got shit to do you got shit to do. You don't <laughs> have time to actually just do shit right. like this and it's important to know where the fuck this sound you're listening came from so we're trying to fucking build bridges and not fucking make anything intimidating. Because if there's one thing music shouldn't be, it's intimidating. It should be fucking exciting. That's that's exactly what it is. Like when I first heard this, I was excited. And I know that whenever you heard well you heard Big Star after the mask you're like it it connected. It connected mm-hmm. like oh fuck, this is how back it goes. Because mm-hmm. that's what music is all about. It's all it's all canon. It's all in the canon of music. And uh yeah actually if, if you have if you have the next record in your head right now and you want to share we can just do it on this and so if this is, this will be out for the next one's out so the viewer can listen to the record along with and uh, be part of the discussion removed.
0: Um, yeah, I've got a list of them and um, there's gonna be a theme on the stuff that I give you. Um, but I'm curious to see if you have the same reaction to these songs that i do so i'm gonna give you jim croce photographs and memories okay um and that is that is a compilation it is kind of like greatest hits album um and i'm curious to see how what you think about what you think about those songs okay jim
1: croce's memories
0: uh photographs and memories photographs and memories okay yeah
1: okay fuck yeah 70s
0: singer songwriter died way too young okay and what about you what am i getting
1: well i had one and then i i pivoted i pulled an audible today and i thought of something else but i'll stick with my original one uh because you've heard about him a thousand times and i know you've listened to him a little bit but i think this is if i can give you rec i'm I'm at least can try and give you records i know you can appreciate and if I can okay. give you one that you like, that's fucking that's awesome. <laughs> Fair so, enough. I'm going to give you my favorite Tame Impala record, Lonerism. Okay. And I know you've I know Tame Impala is not anything new, but mm-hmm. Lonerism I think is the it's my personal favorite one and it's a nice introduction to Tame Impala. And yeah. uh yeah, lonerism. I think I think you'll fucking dig it really hard.
0: All right. I look forward to it. Definitely give it multiple lessons, see what we do. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. Thanks for giving us your time. Um, hopefully this is something that uh you know you guys can take something from. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything here, but um if I can hear some new music and you can just hear some older music that uh just curious to see what our takes are on it. So appreciate you guys watching. Uh Again, I say um a lot. <laughs> hey peace out we're not
1: we're not broadcasters yet. We're getting
0: there. No, and I'll leave you with this. Bring a long lampshade somewhere. There's a party.